What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Dom. Coming live naturally on the True Players Podcast episode, which is a strictly an audio episode this time. You know, too bad I didn't get, get back to you guys before the uh, playoffs started. But, but if you're going to listen to the podcast, by the time you, this, you finally get to listen to the podcast, probably the first game, Seattle versus San Francisco, will be over. Um, right now, we'll talk about some things quickly with the New York Knicks. Uh, big win yesterday against the, the Wizards yesterday, 112-108. Jalen Brunson took over the game in the third and fourth quarter and then finished it off with 34, 34 points, 8 assists, 8 rebounds. Um, Julius Randle chips in with 23 points, 16 rebounds. And R.J. Barrett chips in with 17 points and 5 rebounds. Um, one thing about this game, you know, they did, they did um, you know, Kyle Kuzma scored 40 points. Um, but... You know, the, the Knicks did a great job. They're 24-14 in the season. Um, I, apparently, the, the rotation is, is the way it's supposed to be, which is enabling them to win, win basketball games and not blow, the, blow those big leads. But let me tell you something, guys. I do like the fact of the contribution from Emmanuel quickly. Um, again, he drops 18 points yesterday. And even the rumors is going around that he could be traded, involved in a trade, just get rid of the, rid of the bad contracts. Listen, I think the team should stay pat, in my opinion. Um, I believe this team can go get go somewhere this season with this team. But the one guy I think they, they should look at the trading is Isaiah Hardenstein. Um, I'm not a big fan of him. As you can see, you see Obi Toppin's back back playing again. He didn't score any points yes, yes, last night. But the thing is, though, you know, it, it's great to have Obi back. I, I would love to see the lineup with Obi Toppin and, and um, Julius Randle on the floor together. Um, even if you have to put Obi Toppin in the um, the three spot. And I think that's something he has to work on. If he works on his perimeter jumper and three-point shot, he could play some three. And give the Knicks a much more. He gets more minutes, first of all. And... Um, it gives him gives him more time to showcase his talent. Because I believe Obi Top could defend the five, the four, and the three position very well, even the two position very well because of his athleticism. Um, like I said, Emmanuel quickly is, is hot on the charts for um, being traded. I don't agree he should be traded. Um, get you could, if you could trade Hardenstein and get some decent play. I remember I, I, was, I was seeing um, a possible player the Knicks could pick up. Uh, from Boston, but I forgot the, the player's name. But then again, it came from Heavy.com, which I don't really trust. Heavy, heavy.com usually makes up a lot of stories and a lot of uh, wild that wild trades and stuff like that. So I don't really pay attention to them. So the Knicks are, you know, like I said, playing well and going strong into the um, going. We actually approached the All Star break in February. Um, Let's see what happens. Let's keep continuing the motion and keep continuing to do some big things with the New York Knicks. And now let me get a, let me just touch base with the New York Mets here. And what what Steve Cohen is going going to have to understand as as a uh, major uh, baseball owner, he cannot announce deals that that, that that are not completed. In other words, with the Carlos Correa situation, as you guys know, he has resigned with uh, Minnesota. Six years, about 217, which could range up to 240 million dollars, 270 million dollars, with, with incentives and things like that, because of the physical, because of the physical about his leg and stuff like that. 
the neck the Mets, just like the Giants, got scared and they couldn't come up with an agreement with him to um, sign a contract. The thing about Uncle Steve, I love his enthusiasm as an owner. I love the fact that he's putting money into the team, put in to win a to win a super to win a World Series. But you can't be overzealous. This is the second time he has done that with the New York Mets. That he over, overplayed his hand, announced a deal before it was finalized. Uh, before the, it was finalized by the fiscal. Uh, and like anything, when you sign a player to a contract, you got to be able to finalize that deal with a clean fiscal. So that's something that he's going to have to learn next time that happens. And he can't be all in his feelings when a guy does not sign to his team. That you're an owner, you're, we understand. You, we, we all understand. We may we not we not get the play that we wanted, but you can't be all in your emotions when that does not happen. That's not professional on the owner's part. And you and you you know I hate to say it's like a petulant child, but you know I love this owner. I like I like his enthusiasm. I love the intensity and his pursuit of winning. You can't knock that for for for, for anything. Uh, I wish the previous ownership, you know. After the double they left, had that same passion. You know what I'm saying? So we 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 learned the Mets learned the lesson. Hopefully he learned the lesson. The Mets learned the lesson. Listen, the world the world's not coming to an end because we didn't sign Carlos Correa. Actually, it's a good thing because we actually saved some money. Save a lot of money. We don't pay a lot a lot of money in um, luxury tax and things like that. And you can focus on other players um, to pursue. Um, they we missed out on. We missed out on, on, on Andrew McCutcheon. He went back to Pittsburgh um, as a fourth out, out for, the, for Pittsburgh. I would have loved to have him on the Mets to play the corner positions as a fourth outfielder, considering the history with start of Starling Castro with his injury last season. And um, Canna, uh, my Mark Canna, in my opinion, is not an everyday player in the outfield. And plus, in the pinch, Andrew McCutcheon can still play some center field. That's the key. Um, but like I said, the Mets still got some work to do. Um, you know, get a right-handed bet. Hey, if you feel if the Mets is feeling feeling bold, you know, why don't you bring it? You you win assessment for for um for 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 a trial or or something. You never know. What well, what do you have to lose? How much one do you expect to pay Cespedes? He's not going. He's not going to be playing the field. He's going to be playing DH. But well, he could play the field in a pinch if he has to. Bring him in for a tryout. Bring him, bring him in for um, a workout and see what happens. What do you have to lose by doing that? You know, we missed out on Conforto. You know, he went, he went to went to San Francisco. You know, uh, we we missed out on him while we were pursuing Korea. So, hey, it is what it is, right, guys? But they still got they still got a, still got a lot of work to do, and we'll go from there. All right, guys. So as we move on to the um, playoffs now, right now the game I'm watching right now is San Francisco versus the Seahawks, in which um, the field goal kicker for the San Francisco 49ers hit a, a field goal. They're up three nothing against Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith, how many years has he been in the league? What, 12 years, 11 years, probably 13 years. First playoff playoff appearance. You know he he definitely he's he is definitely is a late bloomer. Um, also, 
this is, his circumstances was a little, a little bit extenuating. I, I would, would have loved to see him play with, um, be the starting quarterback of the Jets when they had Brandon Marshall, um, Decker, and uh, Inunua as his receivers. I would love to see him with that with that offense. But, you know, we didn't get a chance to see that. So, you know. Well, I'm rooting for Geno Smith, um, but they're in, a, they're in a tough battle with the 49ers. I think the 49ers is going to win this game. Um, we'll see how, how much since the game started. And like I said, in a, tonight's game at 8.15 Eastern time will be the Jaguars, Jaguars versus the Chargers. I'm definitely going to be trying to watch that game as well. This is wild card weekend, ladies and gentlemen. So we, we're, in, we're in it. We're in the playoffs right now, and this is the best time of the year for football. All right? And then tomorrow's games is consists of the Dolphins versus the Bills. Um, I think the Bills will win that football game because they're playing with the third. The Dolphins play with the third string quarterback. I don't think Bridgewater is even, even starting that game. So Bills, Bills in the landslide for that game. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Chargers. I believe the Chargers will win that game, even though Trevor Lawrence is that's his first playoff game. I just don't think right now the Jaguars have enough firepower to stay with the Chargers right now. I really don't. So, I sense the Chargers will win that game. And the, now you got the New York Giants. Brian Dayball. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. Darius Slayton. And hopefully a rejuvenated, rejuvenated uh, Kenny Galladay. He made a big one-handed catch last game versus the Eagles. And which the Giants, without they, um, Daniel Jones, without Saquon Barkley... Without Darius Slayton, were able to move that move their offense against the against the Eagles, who played their that played their starters. They played against the the Philadelphia Eagles starters and gave the Eagles fits last week. Davis Webb did a hell of a job last week against the Eagles. So keep in mind one thing about the Giants and Vikings game: the Giants already played in Minnesota. They lost due to a, a 61-yard field goal by the Vikings field goal kicker. I'm telling you guys right now, my cousin who is an avid Vikings fan, I'm telling him, I'm going to tell him right now, you know, the, I believe the Giants, this is going to be the upset of the of the NFL wild card, wild card rounds. The Giants will beat the Vikings tomorrow in Minnesota. That's my upset. That's my upset special. And then we got to the um, we got tomorrow and tomorrow eight fifteen we got um, the Ravens versus Bengals. I'm gonna go with the Bengals on that one because um, Lamar Jackson is not playing. Huntley is a game time decision. It doesn't matter. Joe Joe Burrow's on that was on another level right now. He's he's gonna get through to the to the, to the divisional series. And the, the final wild card game, which is on Monday at eight fifteen, the Cowboys versus Buccaneers. Um, Tom Brady, adios. I don't have to go with the Cowboys on this one to beat you. And um, that's it on, on that end. And when it comes to that, that's that end, guys. That's it. What do you want me to say? There's nothing else to say. I don't think. I mean, I'm, I'm happy Todd Bowles gets a chance, opportunity to be in, be in the play, to coach the playoffs. He didn't get a chance to do that in 2015 with the Jets because he lost a big game against the Bills. Now he gets his chance, but this team's not as good as that Jet team. That missed out the playoffs. I'm sorry. I don't care if you have time or not. This Buccaneers team is not the not the same team, not on the same level as that Jet team. So, you know, 
Tom Brady's gonna get is gonna is gonna is gonna is gonna lose in the, in the in the wild card round, and then and here we go again with Tom Brady. Which team he's gonna play for at, at the age of 46, 45, whatever he said he is. Even though I do think it's time for him to retire. I think it's time for him to be a father, to be a dad. You know what I'm saying? Be with his kids. You know this 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 game this football this football oh they just as they just tackled uh, Geno Smith on a third and two. Now it's fourth down. Um, I started. I think. I think this, him playing another season cost him his marriage, and this is an opportunity. Just, I mean, hanging up, hanging up time. I'm, I, I'm not here to tell you what to do, but hanging up, not just for um, for your sake, but for your kids' sake. It's time for you to be a father in their life. That's just my opinion. Okay. So, as we get segue into the New York Jets week, guys, it has been a tumultuous week. You know. Mike LaFleur, I say I think I said they call it Matt, but it was whatever. LaFleur is and the Jets decide to part ways. Part ways. The key word is in quotations, part ways. In my opinion, this guy was fired. He was fired as offense coordinator. Okay. And who made the call was Woody. I don't care what anybody I don't care what the spin doctors are saying about the New York Jets. Jets Woody went down to Robert Sala's office and said, listen, you got to fire this guy. And Mike LaFleur, let me tell you something, guys. Didn't do him any favors by admitting that um, Zach Wilson was not ready to start in his rookie season, which I told everybody, whether it was the Negro Fly Zone, whether it was in these, these New York Jets um, groups, the kid needed to sit the full year, his rookie year. He needs the retread of his rookie year. And everyone was like, everyone was telling me, everyone was telling me, no, he was drafted number two. He should start right away. And look what happened. Even the offensive coordinator, as bad as he was as, as an offensive coordinator, said the same exact thing that I, I've been saying for years. I've been saying the same shit for years. You know what I'm saying? I keep telling people don't listen to me. People do not listen to me. As I say some shit, people want to sit there and battle me. All these so-called experts, you know, I'm not, I never claim to be an expert. I just gave a, gave myself a, hum, I gave you guys a humble opinion. Did the Jets ruin the development of Zach Wilson? Yes, because they didn't get a, a good offense coordinator. They brought a young, brought an inexperienced offense coordinator who was in over his head because the the the, the defensive side of the football was light years ahead of the offense football and the uh, offense side had to catch up with that defense in all, in, in, in all honesty was playoff ready this year the defense was playoff ready but everything else including the special teams was not, was not playoff ready the offense offense was not playoff ready the offensive line was not, was not playoff ready for, for playoff, playoff ready that's the reason why they're sitting at home while the Giants who is less talented than they are are playing in the playoffs, and that's all responsible. That's what the, the coaching had. The coaching has to bear all responsibility for this. Woody is at the point that he he came he came he came up short that that issuing a mandate for the coaches to make playoffs next year. You know how I feel about Joe Douglas. As I said on many many podcasts before, did I feel the treatment of Sam Donald? How he treated Sam Donald when he came in as GM? Did I did I did I mention see how he treated some of the the players that he didn't draft who were talented? Yes, I have. For but for the most part, 
over the past with 10 years, he has done the best job so far as GM of the Jets over the past 10 years. The best job for the past 10 years. You got to give him credit for that. But that doesn't mean he's the best GM for the Jets. I said over the past 10 years, he was the best. He converted the trade of, of um, Jamal Adams into Jared Wilson and uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. You know what I'm saying? He, he drafted Becton. Becton didn't seem to stay on the field. Hopefully, um, as you know, also the New York Jet offense coordinator was also fired as well. So hopefully, they can find an offense coordinator who could who can fit the skill sets of the offensive line that they have currently have and prevent the injuries that they suffered over the past two years. Hopefully. You know? Um, this is this is this is this is going to be the challenge of, of the New York Jets. You know? Going to be the challenge. The challenge for the New York Jets is now they gotta find a quarterback. I know Zach Wilson is still Zach Wilson is still immature. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the veteran quarterback quarterback hell. Who are you gonna give hell to? First first learn how to learn how to how to complete a, a screen pass. She was going on with the with the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers. They got a rookie quarterback in Purdy. Rookie, rookie quarterback in Purdy starting in the playoffs. And he's moving the ball down the field. The, with the with the 49ers. We're in the same exact offense you're supposed to be running. Now, let's go into possible replacements for the New York Jet offense coordinator. And um, as the New York Post mentioned top, these are the top five um, potential offense coordinator candidates. They left out the biggest one, which is Frank Reich. I think Frank Reich, the former head coach, I think he should be should be at the top of the list for Robert Sala, but I think Robert Sala could be intimidated by that because if he does, if the team gets off to a slow start, guess who's going to take over as head coach in the middle of the season? It will be Frank Reich. And this is all to salvage Zach Wilson, which, in my opinion, you know, you guys already know my opinion on, on Zach Wilson. You guys already know that already. He should have never been drafted by the New York Jets at the, at the number two position. There was other quarterbacks that was better for for, for that for that um, for that for the Jet job, you know. Um, this is all about salvaging salvaging Zach Wilson's career. Hey, listen, do what you got. Do what you guys got to do. Okay, but bring in bring in a veteran quarterback. Who could who could who could, who could um, support this defense, this playoff-ready defense? Okay. Now they mentioned Daryl Daryl Bevel, who's a quarterback coach and quarterback coach and pass coordinator, and, and has been uh, coordinator for four different teams. Um, he was with the Seahawks during the Super Bowl run and, and worked with um, Robert Sala. Possibly an opportunity there. Um, Pep Hamilton. He was um, assisting under Herm Edwards from 2003 to 2005. Um, coach of quarterbacks and wide receivers in the other season. He was the offense coordinator for the Texans. Um, I didn't pay, t- pay attention too much to the Texans this year, so I don't know their offense all that well and how well they moved the offense. He's a possibility. Young guys. 
Um, another possibility is Brian Johnson. You know, he's a quarterback school for the Eagles. You know, I hate I hate to say rising. I hate when they say rising stars because, he, I mean, he got a lot of credit with his work with Jalen Hurts, but I think Jalen Hurts is, is on is in a different stratosphere than Zach Wilson. Different stratosphere as quarterback. So what are we talking about? Part of it is coaching. Part of it is the, is the talent of the quarterback. You know. So and then some some guy I'm gonna leave him off the list. He, he no, no no one that I know about. He's an offensive coordinator in Georgia, Todd Munkan. Um, unless you try to get Stetson to to um, try to get Stetson play for the Jets, but he's also short too. So we we gotta when you when you draft a quarterback, he got it for me. If I'm a GM, I'm looking for a quarterback of six four and above. See over the offensive lineman and keep keep his pass for me bad at the, at the line of scrimmage, as we saw with Zach Wilson many times over the past two years. And this last one is Greg Olson, who's a veteran coach. He's the offensive assistant of the Rams with, with Sean McVay. Um, the the hope is to to bring him along and then bring along Derek Carr. Um, let me tell you something. Let me tell you who I'm telling you who I want as quarterback of the New York Jets. And this is this is my number one. This is I'm gonna go on to say this right now. You know, quarterbacks, possible quarterback for the New York Jets. Number one, you gotta kick the tires on Aaron Rodgers. See how much he has left and see what it takes to get him. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he's gonna take up some capital. But there's some players on that on that team that should restructure their contracts. They should restructure their contracts. You know, number two quarterback on the list. You know, number two. I'm. St- I'm I don't want L- uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is not a fit for this for the for this team. Um, talented quarterback, but he's he should stay in, in Baltimore. He fits that scheme a whole lot better. Um, number two quarterback. You guys are gonna fucking want to shoot. Me. If you don't get Aaron Rodgers, kick the ties on Colin Kaepernick. Excuse me. For the New York Jets. Colin Kaepernick. He has not played in about six seasons. Just about six seasons. He can still play. He could be a bridge to bring back Zach Wilson later on. Could be a bridge for that. But I leave it at, I leave it there. So my number one and number two quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Colin Kaepernick. Number three, Derek Carr. Who's looking for a new home after playing under um, Josh McDaniels, who's clearly looking to get his New England, looking to put um, New England Raiders <laughs> Out there in Vegas, and um, as great as an offensive coordinator he is, you know his his track record as a head coach is caca. Okay, he may not even last last another season there. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. He took a he took a playoff team last season and didn't even make playoffs this year, and that's sad. That's sad. So we got we got. Aaron Rodgers, Colin Kaepernick, Derek Carr. Number four on the list. 
could be a trade. Another bridge quarterback to Zach Wilson, if you want to reinsert Zach Wilson into the team. Matt Ryan. Number four, Matt Ryan. Enough said with that. Matt Ryan. And my number five pick as a possible quarterback. And he's not may not be a bridge quarterback. But it's gonna be an old friend of ours. Dare I say it? As karma would be such a motherfucker to Joe Douglas and the New York Jets. Number five QB that I would consider as quarterback for the New York Jets next season. Sam Darnold. Yeah, I said it. He played, he finished off strong with, Car- with Carolina last season. This past season, he finished off strong. When when Matt Rule was um was fired and they inserted him into the lineup, he played very well. Had him in the playoff, had him in the playoff in the playoff race late in the season. It was going to either going to be either. It's going to be the two former Jets quarterbacks that was going to be in the playoffs on the NFC side would have been either Geno Smith or Sam Donald starting in, in, in the um, playoffs. I mean, now we got Geno Smith starting in the playoffs. Former Jet quarterback. Now, what do you what do you think about this, guys? What, what what's your thoughts on those? I like to hear I like to hear your thoughts on my my top picks. A potential New York Jet quarterback, Jordan Jet quarterback next year. I'm gonna say I'm gonna put it out there right now. I know you guys laugh at me for saying Kaepernick, but you know, if you if you if you're trying to win football games, let's get off the fact that he kneeled at the national anthem. You don't want to have that spectacle. Let's move on from that. Let's move on from that. And go from that. So, what do you guys think? Aaron Rodgers, Colin Kaepernick, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, Sam Donald. I would say Geno Smith too, but I think Geno Smith is should stay where he's been successful, which is Seattle. So you would have a have a starting quarterback, Sam Zach Wilson, and, and, and Strevler. Or if you decide to draft a quarterback in the in the draft, he could be the third quarterback. But that only solves the, the, the quarterback situation and the offensive coordinator situation. The Jets also had their offensive line coach fired. Which he didn't do. He didn't. He didn't do a good job with the offensive line the past two years as offensive as offensive line coach. I forgot his name, but I'm not really. I don't really care to even look it up because it's a little bit impromptu podcast. I'm about to do this podcast earlier, but you know, there's two guys that intrigue me. That always I, I was, intrigues me of being a new offensive line coach. For the New York Jets, one who was who was an offensive line coach during the the ground and pound days, which is 
um, Bill Callahan. I liked him. I loved him as an um, offensive um, um, line coach. And he also could be a, definitely a candidate for the offensive coordinator position as well. Definitely could be a, a candidate for that as well. And another another candidate, which he actually threw himself his hat in there, is the former All-Pro center of the New York Jets, which is Nick Mangold. How about that, guys? I'm kind of excited that like Nick Mangold is actually interested in being an offensive line coach. This is this guy's an All-Pro All-Pro center. Possibly a Hall of Famer at the center position for the New York Jets. You know what I'm saying? Who else better to, to teach this offensive lineman? These, these offensive linemen need mentors. The young ones, Makai Becton, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, they, they drafted a young, another young guy. They need a good mentor. For the offensive lineman, talent-wise on paper, this offensive line should not be bad. It should be in like in the, I should I would say top fifteen of offensive line offensive line in the NFL when all is healthy. They can get better at the center position, and that's Joe Douglas's job is to, is to find that player or sign that offense that that big time center who could make the calls at the line of scrimmage for the blitzes and and, and all that. I mean, Colin McGovern did a did a, a decent job, but he only brought you to a certain point. He only brought you to a certain point. So, what do you think, guys? I'm, I'm going to put these questions in, in in the description of the of the of the, um, of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I even know it's um, strictly audio, but I, I, honestly, guys, I didn't want to get to the get to the aspect of uh, set up the camera, set up the mics, and all that stuff. I just want to give you guys a quick, a quick, great, a quick podcast as I usually do, and and go from there. You can definitely listen to the podcast on on Anchor, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, um, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, um, TuneIn Radio. Uh, Patreon. I also put this audio on Patreon as well. Definitely listen on Patreon and um, Spotify. Like I said before, and Anchor. Um, any questions, problems, complaints, please feel free to email me at trueplayerspodcast at gmail Definitely hit me up on that. As a, as right now, before as I'm in the in the podcast, as we wind down the first quarter, the Seattle Forty Nine is up 10 zero versus the Seahawks. And Gino is driving, possibly for um, possibly either field goal or a touchdown. Let's see what happens, guys. All right. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hit you guys on on the next one. My boy Joey G, or just me. You never know on the True Players Podcast. So everybody have a blessed day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll talk to y'all on Tuesday. Peace.